Hello, it is Ray Franklin with the Plainsman Abroad. It has been a very long time since I have done a podcast. I'm thankful to be with you all here in the United States of America and those listening around the world. Uh, it's good to be back doing podcasting. It has been many months. I was supposed to start season three back in February. It is now mid-May almost here, and I'm finally getting started. So let's get going. All right, today's topic on this episode will be about our border issues here in the United States. Uh, again, I can't say my employer will not allow me to speak on what I do for a living or mention my employer at all. I cannot make any reference to my employment as a part of my agreement to do this podcast with my employer. I will say I know something about immigration law, and that is something I can say uh, professionally. So, and personally as well, as I live in South Florida, I live in the Fort Lauderdale area, and we have a lot of people who I socialize with who are naturalized citizens, who are lawful permanent residents, and who may have some challenges to their uh, immigration status that they are legally uh, working through right now. So, and some who I have no idea what their uh, immigration status, uh, legal immigration situations are, and some people who are U.S. citizens born in the good old U.S. of A. Or to at least one American citizen parent abroad. So, All right, so southern border United States has had a pattern throughout the last years and throughout our history, especially the last 30 years of migration increases and decreases. There are times when the border is manageable and times when the migration uh, makes it immanageable. And this is a time where we are seeing uh, a huge, huge influx of people at our southern border and it's it's overwhelming the resources we have as a country and it's overwhelming the resources we have at the border uh, it's overwhelming the resources we have here in florida because again we've had a huge increase in our state uh that the national media is not talk, speaking about about uh people coming in from the bahamas and cuba and uh hispaniola uh, um, on boats trying to flee uh, their situation in their in their country. So the issue starts this way. People like you and I live in countries that are terrible. They're terrible places to live. Haiti is a terrible place to live. Cuba is a terrible place to live. Venezuela right now, it wasn't years ago, but has become a terrible place to live. And because of that, you know, then you have the four countries where we always have flows of migration where people face a lot of challenges. Those four countries are Nicaragua, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. Those countries consistently, those four countries consistently provide flows in our migration. Now we're seeing a lot of migrations from Cuba because Cuba is a very bad place to live. And we're seeing a lot of uh, migrations, of course, because Haiti right now, my personal opinion, Haiti's a failed state. Haiti's a failed state. It's, 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 it's not, it's a country, but it's, it's, it doesn't have a functioning government at functioning structural levels. Uh, they're kidnapping stories all the time. Missionaries, aid workers are getting kidnapped and held for ransom all the time in Haiti. They, and a lot of times the, what they do is the organizations don't put it out in the media because the uh, kidnappers then will ask for more money. So to keep the, the, the price of kidnapping low, uh, a lot of the organizations keep it, uh, keep it from hitting publicity and raise the funds to get the people back.
because the kidnappers, they need the money. They need the money. They're, they're in it for, some are in it for the thrill, as always, but most of them are in it for the money. It's very common, the kidnapping in Central and South America. Maybe more common than you want to realize. I remember there was a baseball player, uh, was it Urbina? Ugeth Urbina? His mother was kidnapped in hell like for a year, year and a half, and they finally rescued her. Uh, one of the South American countries. It was, uh, it was, it was really rough. I think it was Ugeth Urbina. I don't want to say if it was not, but I think it was Urbina. Yeah, because he was on the Tigers. Uh, he used to play with Tigers and the Marlins. So, uh, Urbina, yeah, I think it was Urbina's mother that was like gone like a year and a half. I mean, that was, how do you function? Hey, your, your parent, your mother, you know, has been kidnapped. How do you even live? Like, you know, and he was like playing baseball, like trying to go through it, you know, and, and trying to work with the, and the kidnappers knew his contract. Because, again, these guys have contracts. It's in the media. You can look up and see how much a baseball player makes. Like, yeah, dude, you just signed a contract for $3 million. We want 500000 for your mom to come back. Or she's going to come back in pieces. So it's like, dude, I can't, you know, I have to pay my agent, pay my children, pay off all this other stuff, pay off all my bills. I don't have $500,000 to give you. I have maybe a fifty. Yeah. Five hundred. So it's it's you know his mother ended up getting rescued. I think it was Urbina. It was not Urbina. Please uh, apologize, but I know it was a player, and I knew he uh, you know his mother got and they actually ended up rescuing his mother sometime later. So that's good ending, but still a frightful, frightful uh, time. You can't find you know when someone close to you in your circle has been kidnapped by a bunch of kidnappers. It's hard to function. So glad that she was rescued, and some other people who were kidnapped were rescued as well. So again. Haiti's a failed state. El Salvador, the conditions for life are not good there. I know people who are El Salvadorian in my personal life, Salvadorian, and they like, dude, it's, it's bad there. I had a Salvadorian gentleman tell me one time, people are so poor they eat tortillas with salt. That's their sustenance. And he said, there's no jobs there. There's nothing there. I'm coming back to America. Whenever you deport me, I'm coming back to America. And that's his view of whenever our government, if they were to deport him, he would come right back. Because that was his view, he told me, of how bad things are. And I, and I don't blame him. If I was a person with my family, or even single, and had no opportunity in El Sal, and I tried the system way, and the system was like, uh, we only take a certain number of people from your, your country, and you can't get in, sorry. Just think about it. What would you do? You're going to be on a boat somewhere paying a smuggler. You're going to a lot of times you don't even need a smuggler. These people don't even need to work with smuggling organizations. They can do it themselves. They're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to pay for a ticket, a bus ticket, have a bus ticket to uh, Nuevo Laredo. Uh, wait till some of the, the gunfire dies down for the word cartels and go to a port of entry and say, hey, I'm here and I want asylum. So, again, it, it isn't what people think like, oh, the smuggling. Yeah, there's smuggling networks, but. Really, it, it's not rocket science. Anybody knows what you can do. You get to Mexico, you, you get a bus ticket from southern Mexico to the U.S. border, you go to a port of entry, and you declare, I need asylum. So the biggest change that we would need to fix in America is our asylum laws. Our asylum laws, to me, my opinion, should be for people in dire situations. Uh, for example... Uh, watching uh, with a, a small light or a little light or something about uh, the, the show. I'm sorry, the light is about Meep and uh, and the Franks uh, and during uh, in the Netherlands during World War II uh, during the uh, reign and terror of Nazi Germany. And because of that, you know, they're hiding all these different people. It's a very good series. It's uh, it's on Nat Geo. If you have Disney Plus, it's on that as well. 
but they really are, it's a lot of, a lot of intense drama. Uh, I'm not for much so like a lot of the personal stuff on her side and this and that, the romance and all that stuff they're trying to weave in to make it entertaining TV. I like really the high drama. The high drama recently was a person abandoned their baby and how you did have a lot of people who worked for the Nazis knew what they were doing was wrong. And there was a lot of sort of looking the other way to save the lives of the Jewish people. And it was, yeah, I'm an SS guard. I'm a Nazi, you know, military guard or whatever, but I didn't see anything. I don't see any Jews here that you're moving in this car from A to B, you know? So because again, a lot of people have service to their country and service to ideals but they weren't on board with taking German citizens, torturing them, and murdering them because they were literally, it was like a grandparent, I think. You know, I read The Rise and Fall of the Third by William Air Shire. Again, my German, my German pronunciations, like my Spanish pronunciations, were terrible. But I remember I did a book report on it, a uh, semester report, uh, nine weeks is how we did it, uh, report, a term report on it in high school. And it was 1,300 pages. To this day, it's the longest book I've ever read. And um, I tell you, man, he really went deep into the Third Reich. And one thing I remember is that, again, it, it for a person to do the things that Hitler and the leadership of the Nazi Party did, it took everybody's compliance and complicit to empower them to do all those things. But again, even in that, you had people that were like, you know what, I'm for making Germany great. I'm for increasing the uh, area, the living space of the fatherland, but I'm not for slaughtering uh, women and children uh, because whether they had one parent or a grandparent that was Jewish, one, and uh, I'm just not for that. So it, it was, it was really weird. It was really, it was really weird how things, when you dive into them, are a lot more complex than you make them, and that's what the border issue is. The border issue, you have to say, why are these people here? It's because America and Canada, both of us, because Canada's having issues with migrants too, Canada and America are the best nations for opportunity in the Western Hemisphere. They are. We are. Because if Mexico was as strong as the United States and Canada in providing opportunity to people, then all the people I mentioned from this, you know, seven countries I mentioned, which are Cuba, Haiti, Venezuela, and the four Latin, Central American countries, you know, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua, they all be in Mexico right now. Mexico would be dealing with hundreds of thousands, millions of migrants living in it, <laughs> trying to gain Mexican citizenship. People want to come to the United States. They want to come to Canada. We are the best countries for opportunity for the average human being in the Western Hemisphere, period. And that's something people on the right recognize, people on the left recognize, and people in the middle, like myself, recognize. We are that great of two, our two nations. You know, Argentina is a great place, and there's some ups and downs in Chile, and, 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 and you know, Brazil has a lot of challenges as well. A lot of nations have challenges. Aruba, I've been to Aruba, it's nice. Curacao's not bad. You know, you've been to a lot of different places throughout, you know, but there's no two nations by far where, again, the average person has a shot at a better life for them and the people they love other than the United States and Canada in our hemisphere. If you go to the Eastern Hemisphere, Europe is the same way. In fact, 
Europe has a big backlash in the UK against people who are Turkish and people who are Polish because they have people who are leaving the countries that are struggling in Europe and going to the countries where they're not struggling in Europe. Look at France. France has so many people from Western Asia, from Central Africa and North Africa in it because they don't want to live in Central and North Africa. I don't blame them. The people in Nicaragua and El Salvador will go to Central Africa and be like, I'm going back to El Salvador. I'm going back to Guatemala. I'm going back to Honduras. I don't want to live in Central Africa or Northern Africa because it's bad. It's bad. It's a lot of bad places for people to live in this country. And I remember when I was in Detroit, my supervisor at the time, Mark, Mark told me that the biggest challenge we're going to face Ronaldo here soon, and no one's talking about, is going to be mass migration. And he said, because when these people have nothing to live for, when they have nothing in their countries, they're going to come to the Western civilization. And Western civilization is not going to be able to handle it. And you're not going to stop millions of people from coming. Uh, there's an episode of the show Rome. You know, I, I think I mentioned before how much I love the, I may even do a podcast episode on how much I love the show Rome from HBO. It was only on for two seasons. Uh, they, they killed Rome because they wanted to do Game of Thrones. They financially couldn't budget both shows. So they, they really said, okay, Rome, you get two seasons and we're going to start Game of Thrones. And that was a great decision for HBO. Game of Thrones is a juggernaut. They got House of the Dragon now. Uh, I, like I said, I was a big Ice and Fire freak back in the day. So I understand that was a, a decision. As much as I love Rome, but still, Rome, I still, those two seasons, so far above many things HBO has done before, during, or since. It's still, they stand out. So, um, one of the episodes is called No God Can Stop a Hungry Man. And that is true. No idea of religion or concept of ideology. When you have an overwhelming physical, psychological need for something, and you're in pain because of it, nothing can stop you until you relieve that pain. Whether you're a drug addict looking for crack or heroin, or whether you're a person who's starving to death and you're breaking in a place to steal food, uh, nothing can stop that at all. So um, when you really, really look into those things and look into our situation at the border, one, these people are coming from nations that stink. These are bad nations. People got on Trump for saying, I'm not going to beat the Bulgaria that he said. But what he's saying is correct. These nations are not good nations. They're not nations you want to live in. They're not nations you even want to visit. No, they're, they're mission trip nations where a lot of people go on humanitarian trips, whether it be religious or circular. Hey, I'm in this country helping the people out. And we go, oh, you really care for the people in those countries. Pat yourself on the back. We'll give you some money and go on to the beach and go on to our trips and go on to uh, places we want to visit like Italy, Paris, and Australia, and New Zealand. But the reality is people live in those countries and they, I believe, deserve the same rights and opportunities that we have in the United States and Canada and France and the United Kingdom and Germany and, and Netherlands and a lot of countries that are really well off. They deserve those same rights. I think every nation should be as wealthy and as strong and as opportune as Canada 
is and America at times can be, but America's not doing this foundational white supremacy junk that is seems again. I talked about that in previous episode. America's drug is foundational white supremacy. America's drug, you can't shake it. It OD'd on it on January 6th, and it went right back to it. America can even be a higher level opportunity and freedom if it would dump that. But America, just like a lot of places, a lot of people I know who have addiction problems can't admit there's a problem. There's no such thing as foundational white supremacy. There's no such thing as that. Ronaldo, you've been deceived by the liberals. Like, dude, I'm a moderate Republican. I've been deceived by my own experiences as a black man in the United States. America doesn't hate you. Yes, it does. It tells me every day it hates me. It reminds me one way I hate you. I hate your people at least once a day in my life. So all my years, every day, once a day, I am serious. This country reminds me, I don't like you. I'm not going to say the N-word. You know, until I do that. I am doing a podcast on the N-word, but it's going to be probably people's ears splitting. But, um... Uh, the reality is, uh, you, you have to realize that, uh, again, if that wasn't an issue, this country would even soar, I believe, me behind. This country, and, and, and that's my all belief about this country, it's going to be my belief, and, and I, it's not going to change until that issue is addressed. But even with that, it still, it still is a great place for an opportunity. It's still, I have a better life here in the United States than I would if I was born in Haiti, than I would if I was born in El Salvador. I would if I was born in Congo. Now, now if I was born in the United States 300 years ago, no, I wouldn't. If I was born in the United States even 180 years ago, likely I wouldn't. Even 100 years ago, it would still be pretty rough. But the reality is, for me, being a Gen Xer, I have a lot of opportunity in this country that a lot of people don't have. A lot of people have a lot of opportunity, even with the system that systemic challenges we have in this country, they would not have in those nations. A lot. There are people out there in Central Africa and North Africa and Central and South America who would trade places with me in a second. And that's why they're at the border. The people at the border are not invaders. They are not monsters. They are not thugs. They are not criminals. They are not traffickers. They are not sexual predators. Okay? There's some criminal element in every migrant flow. There's criminal element in our citizens' flow, which is why we have law enforcement, which is why my neighbors, half of them are cops. They're arresting U.S. citizens. They arrest black people. They arrest white people. They arrest rich people. They arrest poor people. They arrest smart people. They arrest dumb people. Everybody gets arrested. (laughs) You know, but uh, the reality is they are just like us. They want opportunity. Now, our nation cannot take on the millions of people and the hundreds of thousands of people who are coming across. It can't. Just like any boat that is successful and can float, it has a limit on resources and functionality. We do not have the resources in our nation, okay, to take on tens of millions of people that want to come here. And I would say probably be honest, uh, speaking with people who live even in Asia and stuff, we probably have probably a billion people who want to come to the United States. Maybe two billion that could live here if they could. If you want to be honest, our population, if we said everybody who wants to become a U.S. citizen, come on in, we would literally have probably a billion and a half people here in a year. Because we would, and we would, you know, it would really be heaven on earth because heaven, you know, ethnically diverse place. America's already ethnically diverse place. It really would be like heaven in a sense because you would have, you know, if you, if you were Christian like I am, heaven is described as a, a big city. 
So heaven is like New York City, okay? Without the, you know, the crime and stuff. I've been in New York recently and, and that, but heaven is described as a big city packed with people living in community with God and living in holy community with each other. And it's ethnically diverse. So that is how America is in some ways, but will would be if you let everybody here. But the reality is we don't have the resources and system and structure in place to handle the millions of people who want to come here. So what we what the law the real solution to ending the crisis at the border is one we is a solution nobody wants to do. You have to make the lives of those people in those nations better. You have to make the lives you have to give you have to build help the Haitians government that has suffered greatly. Some, I think my my uncle is like an expert in in Haiti and, and in the exploitation of governments in Central and South America. And the reality is, regardless of what happened in the past, the situation is now, if the governments were prosperous in those seven nations, those people wouldn't be at our border. We would have no border crisis. We wouldn't have any border uh, issues that you have right now. None. So the solution to the problem is one nobody wants to talk about, which is making the, the, the global community in Western civilization making the lives better for people in North and Central Africa, Western Asia, and Central and South America. Because when you make the lives of the people better in those nations, when they have strong... For example, what if the opposite happened in America? What if America's government failed? What if the republic failed? What if our economy really, really failed? And there was no jobs. You're like, I went to work, your job's gone. My wife, hey, I don't have a job. And there's no jobs to do. What are you going to do? Sit here and mope? No. You're going to like, you know, screw this place. I'm out of here. Because I guarantee if America ever falls like all the doomsday prophets have been saying for 170 years, going back to the 1850s, I think. The first great awakening or second great awakening in the 1800s. You know, if, if they go back to the 160, 180 year old prophecies of doom and destruction for America, that thank goodness we're wrong. You're going to see tens of millions of people at the southern border the other way. Mexico's like, what do we do with all these Americans here? Cuba, what do we do with all these Americans here? The Bahamas, what do we do with all these Mer Americans here? You know? Brazil, what do we do with all these Americans here? Europe, what do we do with all these Americans here? Uh, uh, Nigeria, African countries, Liberia, what are you Americans doing here? Weren't you guys found about free slaves? Yeah, we were found about free slaves, but what the heck are we doing here? What in the world? Everybody's going to be everywhere from America. Canada going to wake up one day like, we got 80 million people here. Our population of our country is doubled. Why? Because Americans are here now. They're like, that country sucks, dude. <laughs> so don't think it can't happen here. I hope it does not. I'm not a doomsday. I believe once we get through this period of polarization, our best years and days are ahead. And I know that's become, because again, that's a big industry, especially on, on my side in the Barbara Thumper community. For 180 years, America's going to fall because America's this, America's that. And 180 years, we've been wrong. So 180 years, people haven't listened to God. 180 years, people have been speaking foolishness. So, that's why people are here. So that's the one solution that's the only thing that will make life better. Stronger, stronger nations in Central, and it's not giving them a check. Right? We, we cut checks to all these nations before, and all it does is go to the corrupt leaders who make them more corrupt, 
They buy more yachts. They buy more prostitutes. They build bigger houses, send their kids to colleges in the West, and they become the dictators of the next generation. And that's it. That's all that happens. That's all that happens. So it's not money. You need structure, leadership, plans. And, and it's a good talk, but nobody's done it. And nobody wants to do it. Because Western civilization is too busy being Western civilization and fighting itself. So, oh, Pipe dream, I guess. Pipe dream. Right, so what do we do now? We've got people at the border. They're from sucky countries. Everybody, the one solution we all agree on, work visas. Work programs for people who want to work in those countries. So they can come to work here and send the money back home, which they do. But they do. I tell you right now, you go to a, here in South Florida, if you never, if you visit this area and go to tourist spots, you never know. But take your behind to a post office anywhere from West Palm Beach to Homestead, Florida. No, take your behind to a post office anywhere in any spot in Florida, in any of the major areas. In the Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach area, in Orlando, in Jacks, in Panama City, in Pensacola, in any of the major populated areas in Florida, go to a post office. You know, Saturday, some are open, some are closed. But Monday morning, go to a post office. Hey, you know, I'm visiting Mickey. I'm visiting Universal. I'm visiting Jacksonville for golf and some fishing and some beach time. Let me go to, whoa, look at the international shipping line. What are you guys doing? We're sending food. We're sending food and clothes and supplies home. We need, I'm sending food, food back to my, one of those seven nations or some other nation. Why? Because people, my relatives there don't have any food. I'm sending clothes to uh, to people in Haiti. Why? Because they don't have any clothes. I'm sending books because they don't have books. I'm sending canned goods. I'm sending food. I'm sending shower curtains. I'm sending soap. I'm sending laundry. I'm sending things because people don't have. And, wire, and, the, and the international wire transfer business here? Big. 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 People send money home. They do. They do. And, and, and people do that not just my, my, my Central and South Americans. Asians. We have a lot of people in Florida from Asia, from, from the India, uh, Pakistan, a lot of people from India here. Uh, in fact, my neighborhood went from... Uh, White, 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 Hispanic, white Hispanics, as they say, to now have a huge Indian population, South Asian, and and and, and so we have an increase of people, and whether they're sending money home, they're sending money home, they're sending money home, and and and, and so we have, so that's one solution: the worker uh, uh, visa permit. Thing that we can do is great, and I do agree with the right because I am a moderate. I am a Republican, so I do have to write a lot of writings, and I do believe we do need to take care of American citizens, and we need to use those resources not to migrants, but to American citizens who don't. A lot of American citizens that I do. I don't have soap, Ronaldo. Ronaldo, I'm living in a burnt out building in Central Detroit. You know how I'm living. I don't have plumbing. I don't have any of this stuff. Only showers I get are at school. All right, the church that every, every, every Tuesday gives out uh, fish sandwiches. That's how I'm living, bro. You know how I'm living. And I'm in the land of opportunity. I'm like, you're right. You're right. You're right.
And, and so I do believe those resources are needed for U.S. citizens, especially people who have been here two or three hundred years, and especially for people who came in the legal correct way and didn't show up at a border, but who went through the long process. And again, the process is long, people, but they, I know several people who've done it legally and fairly, and they did it. They ain't rocket science. It takes time. But I'm not for mass amnesty. That's one thing I'm not. The left, the open borders, 100% not. Again, too many people in the boat, the boat sinks. And America's a boat, and it can't sink. It needs, so a lot of people, we just got to return. Say, look, we don't have the space for you yet. You know, try try getting in Canada. Try getting somewhere else, but I don't have room for you. Sorry. So, because what it does, it cuts down on the migrant. If the migrants knew, show up at the southern border, I'm going home. They're going to do it. They'll do it once and twice, whether the third or fourth time. They'll get the picture, yeah, they're not letting me in. I don't have to go the legal way and wait it out. And, 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 and that's the issue. The issue is that different presidents allow people to stay. And, and, and the migrants know that. They know that. I 100% guarantee we would not have the border crisis at this rate if we had Trump in the White House. Because people know Trump would send your behind back. So they knew Trump's going to send me back. Biden, people, be honest, know they can stay. Biden is allowing people to stay. He can sit here and say all oh, this and that, but he is allowing people to stay because he is an open borders person. I call him open borders Biden. And he that's he has a right as a president to be an open borders policy. He gets to set the tone for the executive branch and say, I'm open borders. Trump, I'm closed borders. DeSantis, I'm closed borders. You know, all my fellow Republicans, we're all closed borders. I want you to come in, but I want you to come in through the front door, not the side, not show up at the back. Okay? Again, I also am not for using the migrants, because these are humans, migrants, they are me, they're humans like us. They are us. I'm not for us using us as pawns. You know, taking migrants and putting us on a plane because they're humans like us. I want people to say not them, because we do that them, they stuff, you start putting yourself like your crap doesn't stink and all our crap stinks. Well, as as you know, so we're all that's where the concept of we're all sinners, you know, that comes from is that we all are flawed, we all are equal, and we need to realize that you know what? Yes, the the communities on the southern border have been getting slammed over the last thirty years, and no one's done anything about it. But don't do it in a way like, hey, we're gonna t- we're gonna go to the vice president's home and we're gonna allow five a bus of five hundred migrants to say, hey, here you go, Vice President Harris. This is how it really is for us, and it really is that way for people on the southern border. It is really that way for us here in, in, in Florida. Go out to the beach. What's all these people doing here? Oh, we just had a boat landed, two hundred uh, people on, from another country on it. What? Yeah, landed here at the beach. Hope you enjoy your beach day. Hey, can you let me borrow your phone? I don't know you. So, again, that's the issue that no one, again, that's how you resolve these issues, though. These issues have to be resolved. I don't see a stomach really there to resolve them. And I do agree with people. Nobody wants to solve this problem. Because once you solve this problem, then the, the money and power around it goes away. I feel that way, too, honestly, even though this is not about institutional racism. 
I actually heard some people on my side, you know, African-Americans, black folk, that to me, I personally believe if if America said, hey, I'm done with foundation of white supremacy, I'm kicking this addiction, I'm done with it, let's do the real things we need to do to make equality real, to address the, the generational issues and the generational gaps, let's come up with some fair solutions that don't punish, you know, people who have nothing to do with those things and don't create bitterness and resentment but that really recognizes the unique situation of African-Americans in this country, of black people in this country. I guarantee you, if America did that and saw that, the very next day, people would be kicked off. Why? Because they can't hustle anymore. And the race hustling works both ways. It's these people are the problem, give me money. The system is the problem, give me the money. So it's two sides of the same coin. As long as I got, and here's the thing that I agree with. I know a guy, he's hard right. He's probably listening to this podcast. He's hard right. He's a hard white, hard right white male from the central part of the southern United States. He's a southerner. But he said something I 100% agree with. Doesn't agree with me on many things, but he and I agree on this. If you solve the problems of racial inequity in this country, really solve it in a way that is fair and addresses the foundational issues, what are those people who complain about it going to do? What are those people who make the millions of dollars off of it going to do? What are they going to do? I hate black folk. Why? Because they're not doing... Uh, I hate white folk. Okay, why? Uh, problem solved. Again, Everybody wants to complain about the grass not being cut. Once you cut it, they will find something else to complain about. He cut the grass. Yeah, but it ain't even. He cut the grass. Yeah, but look at the color on it now. He cut the grass and batted it up. It looks nice and clean. Yeah, but see that blotch? Again, people, we seek out misery. But anyway, southern border is a miserable situation. Um, it's a situation that can be resolved, but it takes resolve. It takes work. It takes the work in Congress and the White House. You need to get on the same page. Same thing with default. They need to get on the same page and fix this problem. We have ways we can mitigate this issue. And it isn't sending people to the border to process a bunch of people. It isn't throwing them on a million planes and dropping them all back so they can come back again. And it isn't allowing them all in to stay and tell local communities to suck it up and deal with it because I need the votes. It's, it, 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 it is setting up, increasing our immigration capacity for people to be processed while they're in their nations to adding increased physical security on the border more wall, more gates i'm not for walls walls but i'm for more fences more fences more gates more more fences okay we need the fences when a lot of places have a lot of long fences they see a lot of decreased flow due to those physical barriers so you do need not a wall but you do need some strong because walls in the maintenance to keep even parts of trump's wall deteriorating and breaking already breaking down, falling, incomplete, just go around it. Plus, you can't see what's on the other side. I think the reality is the fencing in a lot of areas, nothing's 100%, but the fencing does work to the tour. Uh, I'm very, the mayor that's supposed to create like 1,400 miles of fencing, 700 miles of fencing that Border Patrol wanted. It was authorized like under Bush 43. Obama said he was going to do it and never went through with it and let it fall through because, he, he, again, he was an open borders person himself. So the reality is, bit more physical deterrence security so increased immigration capacity for people to file for these relief in their country so they don't to um again 
more physical security at the border itself, physical security, not people, but physical security at the, at the border that makes sense, not concrete walls that are going to deteriorate and fall apart in, five, in, in, in less than a year, but more hard physical security at the border itself. Um, and, and, and again, uh, working with those nations as it, they always have these meetings, but nothing comes out of them. But really working with those nations, the hard business of, of business. So like wrestling about business. Uh, I do miss rush. Uh, of uh, making, uh, establishing strength and prosperity for people in the nations in Central and South America, in North and Central Africa, in Western and Southern Asia. Uh, prosperity for those nations within the nation. Because you want strong nations. You want, we're a solid and, and a great solid has strong ingredients throughout. We're a great recipe of humans on this planet that means a Bible thumper believes God put us on. If we can make every nation a strong ingredient, we can be a pretty good salad. And that's my thought. And again, also again, like I said, increase worker visa, increase student visa, increase visa opportunities to allow people to work and send resources home, which will keep them from having to flood a border or anything like that so solutions are there they're simple me and i talk to people on the right and the left who are sensible not to deport them all and let asa hustage and sort them out not to let everybody in and give them all free money that we don't have solution either uh those neither one of those are practical and realistic solutions both of those solutions harm america turn the border into the dmz and shooting innocent people, leaving their corpses along the border. Yeah, nobody's going to come in, but you know what? You live in a country like that, pretty soon the gun's going to turn to you. So I don't want that either. So if the hard right solutions don't work, the hard left solutions don't work, let's come to some real reform and make people's lives better and move on to solving other problems. Thank you.